Chapter 9 of Old Broadbrim Into the Heart of Australia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Old Broadbrim Into the Heart of Australia by St. George Henry Rathbourne. Chapter 9 Old Broadbrim Once More. Two days later, a little party consisting of ten men came to the gate of the ranch home and were received by Merle McRae and the ranch queen herself. They were, for the most part, desperate, sun-browned-looking fellows who sat their horses like centaurs and were received with demonstrations of delight at the ranch. They were led by a youthful-looking man named Jot, who introduced them severally to both Merle and Belle Demona saying that they had accepted her terms and had come out from Perth to take service under her, and were ready to stand by her against all the brigands of the country. They dismounted and were invited into the house, where they were regaled with a splendid repast interspersed with wine and toasts. The beautiful woman of Round Robin Ranch was in her element, and the glow of pleasure came to her cheeks while she talked and laughed with her new adherents. After the meal, Merle, well-mounted and with Beldemona at his side, took the men over the ranch, showing them the sheep and other stock, and telling them how they were expected to serve their new mistress. The ranch was to be guarded at night, and certain signals had been studied out which would warn the people in the house at the first breath of danger. The shades of this eventful day were deepening, when there galloped to the door of the ranch a single horseman, who dismounted and who was received with an exclamation of surprise by Merle, who came out to greet him. "'Jem!' he cried." "'The last man I was looking for, but you're none the less welcome.' The newcomer was escorted into the house where the lights were lit and where Beldemona awaited him in the parlor. "'You came in a little behind him,' said Merle, looking at Jem. "'Yes, curse it all,' was the answer. "'I did the best I could, but I didn't think of the Maybloom till it was too late. I never thought of Lord Harway coming to this part of the world.' Here a swift glance from Merle to Bell stopped him, but the ranch queen bade him proceed." "'You have kept something back from me,' she cried sternly, giving Merle a hard look. "'You were followed. And all the way from England, too.' "'Yes, I told you about the man who fell into Danny's trap. I know it. But not that he started from London so soon after you.' Merle frowned a little, but said nothing. "'Go on,' said the woman, turning again to Jem. "'Tell me all about this person who seems to have come out in Lord Harway's yacht.' Jem detailed his work in London in trying to check old Broadbrim and Beldemona listened attentively. It was a slip between cup and lip, but I don't blame you. There's the man who should have watched him. And she pointed toward Merle, whose face lost color. I thought it was safe when I left it to Jem, was the answer. I'll take the blame, said the man just from London. I've missed him in Sydney, for which place the yacht sailed, and I have failed to find him in Melbourne. He's there, said Merle with a smile. Looking for you? "'No, but he's there, I say. "'Then he may come on here. "'We should look out.' "'Never fear that,' laughed the other. "'Dead men tell no tales, you know, Jem.' "'Is it that good?' "'Of course.' "'Did it take place in Melbourne?' "'Yes.' "'At old Danny's,' Merle says, put in the woman. "'You know him, Jem?' "'The newcomer nodded, and then said, "'I once was there, and the old man showed me the fatal stairs with the missing step.' The detective saw it, too, laughed Merle. To his everlasting sorrow? Of course. Then it's all right. No fears on that score. 
but I was on nettles during the whole voyage last after my telegram you should fall into his trap. But if he's at the bottom of old Danny's pit, why, he's safe for Gabriel. There was an all-around laugh at this, and the trio adjourned to another part of the house. All at once, Jem felt a hand fall lightly upon his arm, and he looked into the face of Beldemona. She leaned toward him, and her voice dropped to a whisper. "'Did you see the girl?' asked the woman, and her eyes flashed with the greenish light of jealousy. "'What girl?' "'She—' "'There is but the one,' hissed Bell. "'I mean, stare, yes.' Jem uttered an exclamation of surprise. "'What? Does she bother you yet?' he asked. "'A good deal.' She was here not long ago. I saw her in the bush on the east side of the ranch, got a glimpse of her, and that was all. You did not see her in Melbourne or Perth? Jem shook his head. I wasn't looking for her, he said. But if I had run across her, I would have remembered it. Yes, yes. Could you go back to Melbourne tomorrow? He looked at her astonished, but her face was calm. To Melbourne? he repeated. Yes, I want you to go. I don't want to send Merle. I'll go. She held out her hand, and he kissed it. You will go to old Danny's. You will look into the pit, no casual glance, but a good, long look. You will see if there is a man at the bottom of it. I understand. You don't. I can't say that I do, but I want certainty. Men sometimes escape from the very jaws of death, and if this shadow from the other continent has come back to life, why, I want to know it. Jem walked from the room and stood underneath the canopy of the heavens alone. "'What did she say to you, Jem?' suddenly asked a voice at his back. He stood face to face with Merle McRae. "'She asked you to do her a favor, didn't she?' he went on. There was no reply, and the hand of Merle fell upon the other's arm. "'Tell me!' And his grip tightened. "'She wouldn't believe me. She's sending you back to Melbourne.' "'She is, Merle. But for God's sake, don't give it away.' "'I shall not. But it's all right there. The detective is in the pit. I believe you.' Her fears are groundless, and he will stay there till doomsday. Then don't investigate. Hover near and let Melbourne go. In a few days you can come back with the proper story. But if she should find it out? She shall not. I'll see to that. You will go away tomorrow, ostensibly to Melbourne. You can stop in Perth. There are many places where you can be entertained for a week there. I'll let you have all the money you want to fight the tiger there. We've got it here by the thousand, and she won't miss a few guineas. You do this for me, won't you, Jem? Certainly. Merle and Jem went back into the ranch house, and in a little while the sounds of song and music came out of it and floated away on the night air. Far away, across the ranch, foxes barked and the hares played in the soft moonlight, which had fallen on the grass. The sheep had been housed for the night, and the ranch guard set. The statue-like figures of men stood here and there, and the new ranch guard was taking its first night on the reservation. Merle McRae and Jem listened to the ranch queen's playing, and now and then exchanged glances of satisfaction. A few yards from the main building stood the house in which the new guards hired by Jot in Perth were quartered. Their voices were heard as the men played cards or sung in the house, waiting to go on duty when the relief came in from outside. All at once, one of the party arose and stepped outside. He was a well-built man of perhaps fifty, and his face was covered with a curly beard almost black. Dressed in the coarse jacket of the rancher and wearing the long boots of the Australian, he looked a typical sheep guard of the island, and with his face turned toward the large house from which came strains of music, he appeared to be transfixed by the scene. He leaned against the outhouse with folded arms and in an attitude of peace, 
Overhead, he saw the stars that shone so brilliantly on the sheeplands, and from the distant bush came the long hoot of the black owl, dismal and lone. When he moved, it was toward the large house, and stopping among a network of vines near the porch, he listened anew to the music and caught a glimpse of the party in the parlor. His keen eyes watched Merle McRae with more than passing interest. He seemed to see no one but him, and for some time he stood where he had stopped and watched the ranch queen's right bower. He said nothing, did this man, who had given his name as Roland Riggs. He merely looked. And when he had looked his fill, he went back to the others and watched the game in progress there. At last, the tramp of horses was heard and the relief came in. There was a different scene in the outhouse now, and the name of Roland Riggs was called out. The man stepped to the front and threw himself into the saddle. In another moment, he was riding to his post, and after a while he stood alongside his horse, not far from a little copse, which looked dark and ghostly. He was alone in the wild Australian bush. The stars twinkled on, but he stood there like a statue, with his eyes seeing everything and his senses on the alert. Far away, he caught the glimpse of light in the ranch house, but it only made him smile. Not yet, said he under his breath. It's a cool game all around, and the man who watched me out of sight when I left London in Lord Harway's yacht has come upon the scene, but he won't know me. I'll risk that. Merle McRae, the old pit in Danny's den didn't hold the Yankee tracker very long. He seized and looked toward the bush again. Old Broadbrim was still on his trail. End of chapter 9